hearts of all people, both near and far. Christmas everywhere. Feel the love of the season wherever you are. On the small country roads lie with green mistletoe. Big city streets where a thousand lights glow. Let it be Christmas everywhere. Let heavenly music fill the air. Let every heart sing. Let every bell ring. The story of hope and joy and peace. And let it be Christmas everywhere. Let heavenly music fill the air. Let anger and fear and hate disappear. Let there be love that lasts through the year. Let it be Christmas, Christmas everywhere. Let it be Christmas everywhere. With the gold and the silver, the green and the red, Christmas everywhere. In the smiles of all children, asleep in their beds, in the eyes of young babies, their firstborn snow. Elderly's memories that never grow old. Let it be Christmas everywhere. Let heavenly music fill the air. Let every heart sing. Let every bell ring. The story of hope and joy and peace. And let it be Christmas everywhere. Let heavenly music fill the air. Let anger and fear and hate disappear. Let there be love and last through the year, and let it be Christmas, Christmas everywhere. Songs that we sing and the gifts that we bring, Christmas everywhere. In what this day means and what we believe, from the sandy white beaches where blue water rolls, snow-covered mountains and valleys below. Let it be Christmas everywhere. Let heavenly music fill the air. Let every heart sing. Let every bell ring. Direct King's Court starts now. Ladies and 
lost against the best. This old road's been a hell of a test. I'm still driving. I ain't slowing down. There's rules I love to break and bend. Mistakes I've made again and again. But I tell you this, my friends, I'm still around. I hit it hard, man. So far, man. No laying up, no holding back. And a good Monday morning, St. Louis and all points. North, east, south, and west. We welcome you in. Kevin Slayton with you in the window world, King's Court, on KevinSlaytonShow.com. This is where we do our live show Monday through Friday, 7 to 9 Central Time, KevinSlaytonShow.com. You can hear the podcast on this website. You can hear it on Amazon, Apple, Spotify, Google, Anchor, and anywhere you hear podcasts. So that will be throughout the day and night. And you can hear old shows as well on our website. So it's a great place to visit. Lots of ground to cover today. Boy, these people just leave us no shortage of things to talk about, right? It's a bit embarrassing. They're so incompetent and such boobs. But nonetheless, this show is about the truth, brought to you with full support from the evidence and the facts. Yep, full support of the evidence and facts. Very rare in this town and in this country today that you actually hear the truth with facts and evidence to back it up. But that's what we specialize in. Yesterday, of course, was the commemoration of the September 11th attacks on the United States. Again, tremendous emotion always on that day. And yet, you find yourself scratching your head 21 years later and saying, whatever happened to the unity that we had, not just felt, but that we experienced the day after September 11th, September 12th, 2001. Do you remember what that felt like? When everybody was American, even in France and Germany, they said, today we're all Americans in England. Even the Ruskies, I think, were on our side. But not today. Not today. There's more division in this country than there is from our enemies. And while I believe that some division is healthy, the kind of division we're experiencing today is not healthy. One half of the country lies every time they open their mouths. The other half is sitting there in wonderment and bewilderment, thinking, what the hell happened to my country? Where did it go? Who hijacked it? It wasn't those hijackers from September 11th. It was Americans who hijacked it. The media, the liberals, they're the ones who hijacked it. Not a pack of sadistic murderers, although you might make the claim that they are that. And, of course, since 9-11 and 2001, we've elected a mulatto president who started to stir the racial pot. And you're going to hear from a lady this morning, Bevelyn Beatty-Williams. She's black, and she will tell you that... Color in her community has now become a god to the liberals. And she's right. You'll also hear Biden stumble his way through everything. Harris tell us that the border is secure, another lie. 
Hildebeest comparing Pelosi to the Queen. You're going to want to listen to the rest of the show just for that. I don't recall the Queen ever tearing up the State of the Union address on national TV. Do you? I didn't think you did. We're going to hear from illiterates like Sonny Hostin Houston, who's decided that uh, the Queen is a racist and a bigot and that there should be reparations. And then that moronic Christian Amanpour, who's been on CNN since Hitler was a corporal, seconds the reparation notion. These are people that never quit, and yet they're allowed to run their illiterate racist mouths on a network. It's laughable, but as long as those people are allowed to do that, this country will never be the country that it was supposed to be and that it once was. And I don't think you silence them. I just think you take them off national TV. They're an embarrassment. The national television airwaves or radio airwaves were never meant for people who go on and lie every day. You're not silencing people. You're just saying you don't belong speaking to the nation when all you do is lie. That's not censoring. That's not silencing. You go ahead and tell your lies all you want. Nobody's going to bother you elsewhere. But that's not what the airwaves are for. So you'll hear a lot of that. You'll also hear Harris tell us what the election is all about coming up in the midterms and Biden as well, and that it's all about women. So now they're all about women. Used to be they were all about blacks and Hispanics, black and brown. They're the ones who coined that phrase, which is sort of an insult to Hispanics. But nonetheless, black and brown, and now it's women. They cater to people and pander to people like you can't believe. And who doesn't see through it? Are women so stupid they can't see through this? I hope not. Good grief. Greg Gutfeld will have some spectacular comments directed at Martina Navratilova and liberal women who are always protesting. Mark Levin's going to ask the question, why is there a constant threat and a constant War on Donald Trump. And you'll hear of the Queen and the Paddington Bear. If you didn't see that, a video that kicked off the Queen's Jubilee celebration not that long ago. And we tried to make it workable on radio for you, even though it's a video. But I think if you haven't seen it, you'll be able to understand it. And if you have seen it, you'll understand it even better. But we'll try to explain it to you before we play it for you. But all of that is coming your way, as well as your phone call, 636-538-0746, 636-538-0746. I want to tell you about our good friends at Window World before I get into the U.S. Open, Mizzou, and the NFL very quickly before we get into Biden. But our good friends at Window World are simply the best for less, and they'll come out to your house and prove it to you for free. They'll give you a free in-home estimate if you just call them. Just like I did. 314-993-1800. 314-993-1800. And they'll come out and give you that free in-home estimate. Now, they'll prove to you how they're simply the best for less. They'll show you why they're the preferred window of the Blues, the official window of the Chiefs, who opened their season in spectacular fashion yesterday. They'll prove to you why in over 17 years, they've improved the look and thermal efficiency of over 60,000 homes in our area. They have a lifetime warranty that covers all parts, glass breakage, and labor. And because of that, Window World can give you 
that lifetime warranty with double-strength glass. Double-strength glass. I don't fear hailstorms anymore. That's what originally broke my windows. But I got Window World windows now. But as a side wonderful effect, my utility bills go down. Yours will too. That's a Slayton guarantee. If you have Window World windows, you'll pay less for your utilities. Why? Because your warm air in the winter isn't escaping, allowing the cool air in like this morning. Your cool air in the summer isn't escaping, letting the hot, humid air in. And your air conditioner and your furnace aren't running 24-7, and thereby saving you even more money. Window World also offers you 18 months, same as cash finance with approved credit. 314-993-1800. That is the Window World way, and you will be glad that you made that call. Well, let's get this party rolling. Uh, Novak Djokovic was absent from the U.S. Open, and a young 19-year-old won and ascended to the top spot in the world rankings of tennis. A big asterisk should go next to both of those achievements. I'm sorry, but I'm not critical of the 19-year-old, but the facts are true and the facts are facts. You have idiots writing on social media today that if Albert Pujols hits five more home runs, he'll pass Babe Ruth. People are just illiterate. They're just stupid. They say stupid stuff, and because of social media, there are other stupid people who accept it as fact. But it's not. It's not fact. And the fact that they call this guy now the number one tennis player in the world is not true. Novak Djokovic is. This U.S. Open championship, while wonderful for this kid, is tainted because of the absence of Novak Djokovic. Not through injury, but through the United States being a criminal, corrupt country and not allowing him to come into this country while they allow illegal aliens to come in every day unvaccinated, but because he's unvaccinated and stands for his own personal health choice, he's ostracized and banned from this country. Did you ever think we would be that country? What did the Statue of Liberty always embrace? Send us your poor. Send us your invalids. Send us everybody. We're a welcoming country, but not if you're unvaccinated. Unless, of course, you're crossing the southern border and you're illegally in the country. Then you can be unvaccinated. You'll get free trips around the country, paid for hotels, free health insurance. We'll get you a job. If we have to, we'll displace actual legal citizens in order to get you that job. If you commit crimes, we won't arrest you. And if we do, it'll be momentary. You'll be out in the next day. And we'll never prosecute you and give you the legitimate sentence for your murders or your rapes or your robberies. We won't do that. But we'll keep Novak Djokovic out of the country. You bet we will. Who does he think he is, that unvaccinated bastard? You get the hell out of here, Novak. You're going to hear all about how unvaccinated people have been treated in this country. Our research assistant found some wonderful roll of walks down memory lane about how the unvaccinated have been treated in this country. And you will hear about it as we go through the show today. You're not going to like what you hear. It's going to piss you off even more. But you'll hear it. And so Novak Djokovic is simply the most high-profile, unvaccinated person, punished 
by the United States of America as corrupt government. Now, someone should punish Mizzou for even having a football team anymore after the debacle Saturday at Manhattan, Kansas, where they were down 40-6 to with about 30 seconds left. Kansas stayed with their backup defense on the field. Missouri has a first and goal and can't score. They get a penalty against Kansas State on fourth down, so they get another chance. They still can't score. They get yet another penalty on Kansas State, and then they finally score as the clock is running out. This was a thumping for the ages, and for all of those Missouri fans out there who continue to cry how, oh my gosh, Eli Drinkwitz, our coach, is such a great recruiter. None of those people know a damn thing about recruiting. None of them know a damn thing about evaluating talent. None of them. They're just Missouri illiterate sheeple. And they continue to be stupid, and they continue to be mediocre, which is why the Rock M stands for mediocre at Furrow Field, and why Missouri is now in its 53rd consecutive year of not so much as winning a conference championship in football. 53 years. If you're counting, that's over half a century. It's more than two generations. Not a national championship. We're not quibbling about that. A conference championship. This is the 53rd consecutive year they'll come up empty. And yet, Missouri fans will say to you, well, you know, the games, the season's only two games in. What's wrong with you people? They fell over themselves when the Burden kids signed from East St. Louis with Missouri over Georgia and other national powers. Oh, what a great recruiter Coach Drink is. Well, let me tell you something. I don't, As I said at the time, I don't know how good Burden is. Neither does anybody else. He's never played a moment of college football. Well, now he's had two games, and we still don't know how good he is. You know why? It's nothing on his part. His idiot coach, who touted this kid as the best recruit in the country, won't use him, won't get him the ball. It's like he doesn't even belong on the team. I can promise you this. When this season ends, at this rate, Burden will leave Missouri. He'll be gone in a heartbeat. Quicker than thou can say Ticonderoga, if thou can say Ticonderoga. And along with his departure, there should be one for Drinkwitz. Or drink shits, as I call them. This was another bewildering move on the part of the University of Missouri's administration. Not just the athletic department, but whoever is above them, President, Chancellor, who makes and approves these calls, the board of curators. I went nuts at the time they hired this guy. I had some very, very... Uh, intense text between myself and John Sunvold, who at the time was the president of the Board of Curators. And I said, what the hell is wrong with you people down there? Do you not get it? I suggested hiring Art Bryles. They certainly could have hired Bobby Petrino, who is now down in Springfield coaching Missouri State, a 1AA team, and coaching them into national prominence. But Missouri picked Eli Drinkwitz, not Art Bryles, who'd won major conference championships in the Big 12, who'd won BCS Bowl games, not Bobby Petrino, who's done the same, except with a different conference, not those guys. Though Missouri State got one of them. Art Bryles still isn't coaching. 
He's coaching high school. And I was told at the time, oh, I must be drinking. Because Art Browse and Bobby Petrino have this baggage. You know, Missouri is so pure. They're such a pure university. And Art Browse carries no baggage, by the way. He had some football players who were criminals who raped a, a volleyball player. And when all was said and done in the report that the university commissioned, kind of like the free report from Penn State, a bogus report. But even in the bogus report, Art Bryles was exonerated. The girl who was raped said the only person on the Baylor campus that even cared about her was Art Bryles. He kicked the players off the team immediately. He was fired and got a $15 million payout with a stipulation that he couldn't coach Division One football in the state of Texas. Texas Tech wanted to hire him right away, but not Missouri. Missouri's too pure, even though Art Bryles did nothing wrong. We've had Art Bryles on the show. The only interview he's done since the day he left Baylor, he did here. Bobby Petrino is down at Arkansas. Excuse me. He was at Arkansas. He's down at Missouri State molding that team into a national power at Division One AA. Now, what was Bobby Petrino's grievous sin? Bobby Petrino had an affair for which he apparently patched things up with his wife. They're still together. That's his business, not mine, not anyone's. Now, he made the mistake of having the affair, of course, with an employee of the football office, a young girl who was just out of school, and that was a terrible mistake on his part. And if you want to fire someone for that, okay, I'm fine. But that doesn't mean you don't hire him elsewhere. I'm not the biggest fan of Bobby Petrino. He apparently has been very remorseful and has turned his life around, and I congratulate him for that. But I am a big fan of Art Bryles. And I'm a big fan of Bobby Petrino if you can't get Art Bryles. And Missouri wants neither. Instead, they have Drinkwitz. Not the highly decorated head coaches that I just described. They have a guy who coached one year at Appalachian State. That's right, Appalachian State. One year. And then Missouri deemed him the savior of their program. By the way, the one year he coached, he used another coach's recruits. So the bottom line is we don't know if this guy can recruit. We certainly know he can't coach. He's one of the worst game coaches I've ever seen. I don't know how he ever got a job coaching. I really don't. The entire program is an embarrassment. The school is an embarrassment in every possible way. What's sad for people like me who are graduates of Mizzou, and I hold two degrees from there, so I got a double dose of embarrassment. But what's sad is that not only is our country gone, our school has been gone for a long time. Those woke candy asses down there make me sick. First it was Mike Alden running the athletic department, putting clauses in his contract and Gary Pinkle's contract, who Missouri fans adore, by the way, as if he was some Jesus Christ walking on water. Gary Pinkle never won a conference championship. Never won a championship, period. Never even went to a BCS bowl game. Never got invited to one much less win one. And yet Missouri fans think he's he walks on water. 
But Alden made sure that he and Pinkle would get bonuses in their contracts if they went to a bowl game. They didn't care what bowl game. It could be the shit bum bowl game. And Missouri was, oh, we get bonuses. And that's what they did. They specialized in going to Shreveport for the whatever bowl that is. Biggest bowl they went to one year was the or twice to the Cotton Bowl. I give them credit for that, but it's not a BCS bowl. So in 15 years, Missouri destroyed the reputation of being the giant killer in the country by taking away all the big-name opponents on the schedule and replacing them with Furman, Bowling Green, Southeast Missouri State, Northwest Missouri State, Louisiana Tech, next week's opponent, Abilene Christian. When I was going to school there, and for few, quite a few years afterwards, Missouri scheduled the best non-conference teams in the country and beat them. Steve Pizarkowitz led the team out to the Los Angeles Coliseum opening day and beat Southern Cal by three touchdowns. Southern Cal never lost another game all year. Nationally ranked power, number one ranked team. See, Pizarkowitz took the team down to Birmingham, Alabama. Played the Crimson Tide. Beat them on national TV on a Monday night game. First game of the year. They went to Ohio State. Beat Ohio State. They went to Notre Dame. Beat Notre Dame. Not to mention, they went to Nebraska when Nebraska was on top of the NCAA and beat them. When Dan Devine was coach, they went into Oklahoma and beat them when Oklahoma was on top. But they scheduled all these teams. They don't anymore. They don't even schedule Illinois, who, by the way, would beat their ass. It's an embarrassment what's going on down there, and it's never going to change. They did the same thing with a basketball coach. By the way, when they hired this basketball coach who nobody knew of, they didn't even consult with Norm Stewart. Norm Stewart, who put Missouri basketball on the map for 38 years, the floor is named after him. They didn't even ask him what he thought. They didn't even tell him who they were hiring. I told him. He couldn't believe it. And I'm sure he couldn't believe he wasn't consulted, at least given a heads up. It's not my place to tell a legend that your school just hired a no-brain, a, a, no, a nobody coach, a nothing burger, and didn't even consult with you. And then the NFL. I wanted to watch Tom Brady to see how he would perform after the rocky offseason he had and the reported rocky relationship with his wife now because he's come back to play and she doesn't approve. And what I was treated to, of course, as is the NFL's wokeness, was a punter for the Bucks, a white punter who had emblazoned on the back of his helmet, end racism. Now, I thought and scratched my head, and then I had to post something on social media about it because it's so aggravating. End racism. That, that was his cry. Never mind that the head referee in the game last night was black that one of the two head coaches was black, that conservatively 20 out of the 22 players on defense were black, probably 15 to 18 of the 22 players on offense were black. 
many of the assistant coaches were black. And this imbecile, woke, white, candy-ass punter says, end racism. You mean give white players a, a, a more fair chance to get on an NFL roster? Is that what he means? Because if you wanted to say there was racism, all you'd have to do is look at the numbers of black players versus white in the NFL, the NBA. Now, I don't believe it's racism. I do believe that white coaches are the worst about it. They consider the white athlete to be vastly inferior. White coaches started that. But I'm here to tell you, I'm sick of it. I'm sure you are too. Don't give me this end racism crap, you little punter. You're a punter. You might as well be up there with Sandy Cortez, a bartender, a bartender and a punter. You ought, you belong together. You're a punter. End racism. If I were on the other team, every time he punted, I would look for him and knock him to the ground. Mr. End Racism, you little white, woke, candy ass, go punt. Nebraska lost again this past weekend to Georgia Southern. Now, Nebraska, of course, hasn't been the national power ever since the days of Frank Solich, really, when they fired him after a 9 or 10 win season. 9 or 10 win season, he got the axe. Then his successor came in and was fired after a 9-4 and four season. They haven't even been that good since. So they hired Scott Frost, uh, the last quarterback of a Nebraska national champion, who'd had a lot of success at Central Florida, winning what they consider a national championship down there because they weren't allowed in the playoff system, but went undefeated. And Frost was the fair-haired boy of Nebraska fans. And they already fired him today. Three games into the season. Done. Now that's what happens when a school is serious about their programs, the one the one program, football, that pays for everything else down there. But when you don't care, and the Rock M stands for mediocrity at your field, like Missouri's does, my guess is they not only won't fire Drinkwitz today, which they should do, but they won't fire him after the season. I don't care how bad the year goes. And the year's going to be bad. Kansas State was one of the pivotal games that Missouri needed to swing themselves into bowl contention. Vanderbilt, South Carolina being the other two. I don't see them beating South Carolina at all. And at the rate they're going, they may not beat Vandy. If you're worse than Vandy, how do you keep a job? And if you're just above Vandy, how do you keep a job? This is Missouri. Any of the top coaches from Alabama or Georgia's staff or Oklahoma's staff, or Ohio State staff, any one of them would take this job as the head coach. Look what Marshall did. Marshall hired Nick Saban's associate head coach and running backs coach from Alabama two years ago. He's their head coach. He took Marshall into Notre Dame Saturday and beat Notre Dame. That's what happens when you hire a coach from a winning program who knows what it takes to win. I'll repeat Missouri hired a coach from Appalachian State. Now, these assistants from Nick Saban's staff and from those other major conference staffs, no matter where they go, they win. Very few of them ever end up losing. Lane Kiffin, 
another one of Nick Saban's coaches, went down to Florida Atlantic, turned them around immediately, made them a bowl team, Florida Atlantic. Now he's the head coach at Ole Miss, won 10 games last year there. If Missouri played them, they'd get obliterated. But, you know, Lane Kiffin, some people didn't like him. So why would Missouri hire him? Steve Sarkeesian, another assistant coach from Nick Saban's staff at Alabama, is now the head coach at Texas. And as you notice, if you're a college football fan, came within a whisker of upsetting the top-ranked Alabama team at Texas on Saturday. He will turn the Texas program around if he hasn't already. Now, he was once the coach at Southern Cal, but had a drinking issue for which he lost the job. Nick Saban resurrected him. He's now the head coach at Texas, but apparently not good enough for the pure people down at Missouri. They're so pure down there. What a sickening, rotting carcass of a university and an athletic program that's even worse. What an embarrassment to say that I went there. So those are the sporting issues that I wanted to talk about this morning. And now it's time for Biden to make his first appearance on the show. Now, as I said, the liberals, they love to tell you how much they're in favor of the black community, which, of course, they're not. They've done nothing for the blacks. They've done nothing for the Hispanics who have wakened up, uh, who, have, who have awakened, I'm sorry, and have voted strongly in favor of Donald Trump the past election and will do so even more so this time around. The black population is starting to wake up, not as quickly as the uh, Hispanics have. So now Biden and the liberals have turned their attention to women. The Hispanics and the blacks weren't gullible enough to swallow their bull crap. So now they figure women are. Notice that whoever these liberals pander to need to recognize that they're being insulted by the pandering. That the liberals think you're such a joke that no matter what they say, you'll vote for them. And now it's women. Joe Willie Wuhan, Otella Biden, who have the Republicans awakened? Republicans have awakened a powerful force in this nation. Women. W-O-W. No, I'm not joking. I'm not joking. Those of your lawyers read the decision. And the court says that women have a right to vote to change this if they don't like it at the state level. Well, guess what, pal? Here you come. Here you come. Republicans don't have a clue about the power of women. Not a clue. Let me tell you something. They're about to find out. They're about to find out. I mean it. He's not joking, and he means it. I mean, he said both of those things. He's always not joking. Because he has to qualify his statements all the time because people think, surely you're joking. I'm not joking. And people think you can't possibly mean that, so he's constantly qualifying his remarks with, I really mean that. He does it all the time. No joke. You're a joke, but what you're saying is not a joke you're claiming. But you are a joke, and everybody understands that. Hey, pal, I'll tell you what, pal. Republicans don't know what's coming because here they come. Here who comes? What? Women are the lawyers who wrote the decision. Lawyers don't write decisions. Judges do, you stooge. Now, when you graduate way down in your law school class, you might not understand who actually writes decisions. Politicians don't. Lawyers don't. Judges do. By the way, to be a Supreme Court justice, you don't have to be a lawyer. 
Hasn't happened yet, but you don't have to be. So he's not sure who writes the decisions, but somehow thinks that Roe versus Wade is a game changer. It's not. It won't be. Only in the minds of stupid people. Now, granted, we have a lot of stupid people, but no one no one gets that riled up over killing babies. I promise you. The media does because they want that to be their meal ticket to liberals getting into office. But it won't happen. I can promise you this. People vote their pocketbook. Always have, always will. And Biden says that the decision allows women to, if they don't like the decision, to vote at the state level for people that will decide like they think. Okay, what's wrong with that? See, sadly, that's what the Constitution dictates. So Biden, again, is an anti-Constitution guy. And his vice president heals up Harris. In less than two months, what are we looking at, heels up? In less than two months, we are looking at a midterm election in which so much is on the line. Take, for example, the issue of choice. The United States Supreme Court in the Dobbs decision just took a constitutional right that had been recognized from the women of America, from the people of America. Well, how does that relate to the midterms? Our president has said he will not let the filibuster get in the way if the Senate through a majority vote votes to pass the Women's Health Protection Act, he will sign it into law. You know what that means? In the midterms, we need to hold on to the Senate and get two more. And then we can put into law the protections of Roe v. Wade. Everything is on the line when you think about the millions of women and people in America who care about them, who understand the significance of protecting a woman's right to make decisions about her own body. The hypocrisy of that woman knows no bounds. So the people who care about women in this country are going to vote for the liberals because of Roe versus Wade. If you don't, if you don't vote and, and consider that this Roe versus Wade overturning was the right decision, then you don't care about women. That's, that's her message to you. Not only that, but how dare you not let people make a decision about the health of your own body? Really? Aren't you the same person that was insisting we get vaccinated and supporting a policy that got people fired for not getting vaccinated? Because they wanted to make the choice of what to put in their own body? Our president has made it clear. Now she, now they want to end the filibuster. How about her? If we hold the Senate and get two more, we'll tell the uh, American people, go to hell. We'll tell the states to go to hell. We'll tell the Supreme Court to go to hell. Because we believe in our own way of life, not the Constitution. Democrats do not believe in the Constitution. They've made it clear. I've got news for her. That was never a constitutional right. Never. The Supreme Court back in the 70s got that decision wronger than wrongy wrongenstein. And if you don't believe me, show me in the Constitution where it even mentions abortion. Even mentions it. It does not. Now, you can create some fantasy well, the uh, some such amendment says so. No, it doesn't. The right to privacy. Wrong again. If the founding fathers wanted babies killed, 
they would have put something in there allowing for it. But they didn't. So you can scream and cry all you want that that was a constitutional right, but it never was. Never. Just because you say it was doesn't make it so. They believe that it does, though. If they say it, it's so. Just like Hildy. Good old Hilda Beach is running around being asked last week by that nitwit, uh, what's her name, Nora O'Donnell on CBS. Can't think of what her name is. Uh, what makes a gutsy woman? So, of course, Hildy starts telling you what makes a gutsy woman, meaning, of course, that she is one. But now, Hildy, who's the gutsiest woman you've ever seen? I think Nancy Pelosi <laughs> is the is the gutsiest uh, woman in politics right now because she has shown somewhat like the queen to be uh, uh, drawing an analogy here. Get up every day, put on those high heels she wears, uh, suit up uh, to fight for the values uh, and ideals that she strongly believes in. Wow. Even she had to laugh when she said that Pelosi's the gutsiest woman in politics. She started laughing. I agree. It's comedy. Not good comedy, but it's comedy. And then, of course, she's gutsy because she gets up every morning. Hmm. Guessing, just a guess, that every living person gets up every morning. Or some people around noon. Like Nadler, Biden. So she gets up every morning and puts on those high heels. And then suits up to go to battle. Was she going to Ukraine? She puts on those high heels. I didn't realize that made you gutsy. A lot of women I've seen speak that put on high heels are dumber than dirt. And they're certainly not gutsy. But according to Hildy, if you get up every morning, just get up, put your high heels on, apparently put your suit of armor on because she says she suits up, that you're gutsy. She compared her to the queen. Did you hear that? She compared Pelosi to the Queen of England. I don't recall ever seeing the Queen tear up the State of the Union speech or whatever kind of speech they give in the English Parliament. I never saw the Queen tear that up. I never saw the Queen speaking the kind of evil venom that spews out of Pelosi daily. In fact, the queen was a very unifying person. The only comparison I would make to the queen with Pelosi is that when her husband is guilty of breaking the law, she covers it up. And when the queen's son, Prince Andrew, is guilty of breaking the law, the queen kind of covers it up. There's the only valid comparison. Although the queen didn't really cover it up as much as the media did. She kicked his ass out. I haven't seen Pelosi kick Pauly Pelosi out yet, but the Queen did. She kicked him out of the royal family. So while she didn't come out and do a dance and say, my son is a pedophile, her actions spoke louder than her words. But Hildy says that Pelosi's like the Queen, those high heels that she wears. Is that because you wear, like, Shoe covers or something? What do you wear? Tent dresses? We can never see your feet. So Pelosi's the gutsiest woman alive, but not Martina Navratilova? Huh. 
and not the women protesters? Greg Gutfeld had some thoughts on both. I would ask Gutfeld, what do you remember the most about the female protesters? I remember when I was watching the protests after 2016 (laughs) when Trump won and I saw the protests. It was a lot of single women. It wasn't a lot of men, and the men there, they weren't exquisite specimens, let's be, let's face it. But I saw a lot of young, angry females. And the Democratic Party, in a way, has become the party of young, angry, single women. You can't argue with that. And they weren't the finest specimens, I'll give them that too. Why is that always the case? But it's always the case. So I would ask Gutfeld, did golfer Martina Navratilova attack you out of the blue talk about a not so grand slam out of the blue former golf great martina navratilova attacked me on twitter yesterday she wrote quote greg gutfeld is a misogynistic and not a funny at all ass wipe i know misogynistic not funny ass wipe only one of those is true but I didn't find out until this morning, and it hurt me. I thought Martini and I had ended things on happy terms. I mean, sure, in the 80s, we were hot and heavy. We got a few fights, but people change, and I moved on. But I don't think she has moved on. And I get it. I get it. Her career is on its wane, and mine's completely insane. So that's that's. I know what this is about. But, you know, nothing happens in a vacuum unless you go downtown and pay for it. Apparently... Martina was responding to a tweet with a link covering what I said on the five about the Democratic Party no longer representing American families. And nothing makes lesbians from the Czech Republic matter than opinions on American families. (laughs) And he wasn't done. Did Martina prove you wrong, Greg? And Martina proved me wrong. The Dems... (laughs) aren't just the party of young, angry women, but also old, angry women. (laughs) From the Czech Republic. I kid, I'm joking. I adore you, Martina. I know what this is about. My comments about women in the Democratic Party, that's not it. It's about my views on tennis. It's been no secret that I was working on a highly explosive investigative piece on the sport, and that's what set her off. Let's check it out. Gutfeld investigates. Tennis, once the sport of kings, now celebrated around the globe. But is there a sinister secret behind this game's origin? Could it be a pathetic imposter of a truly greater sport? An electrifying game, fun for all ages. Pickleball, consider. Pickleball has a net, so does tennis. Pickleball uses rackets, so does tennis. Pickleball uses balls, so does tennis. The only difference, pickleball is fun and interesting. Tennis is boring and satanic. Conclusion, the multi-billion dollar tennis industry was built on a foundation of lies and stolen from the brilliant minds who gave us pickleball. (laughs) I'm telling you folks, you're missing out if you don't watch that at 10 o'clock every night. It's funny stuff when comedy is a rarity these days. Nothing else on television is funny. But that show is. Now, Biden thinks that women are coming after Republicans. And yet a black woman, someone that he has pandered to his entire life, except when he's berating blacks for being out of the jungle 
and enshrining Klansmen to all-time great status, he's usually berating blacks. Bevelyn Beatty Williams is a black woman. He's not looking for her, I'll guarantee you, and she's not looking for him. And she's fed up with color being used by liberals as a god. But unfortunately, in the black community, our color has become our God. Black didn't go on the cross for me. Jesus did. And I know that the scriptures say in the body of Christ, there is no Jew, Gentile, male, nor female. We're, we're all working as one. So if you would think, okay, this narrative is is, 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 is heading towards our demise. But no, a lot of black folk didn't get it. And they felt like, yeah, you know, I feel special. BLM is painted on the street. Wow. And I'm just like, you don't get how much of a mockery this makes us. They've given our community welfare. And we are literally, look, you're looking at a third world country within a first world country. When you look at the welfare system, if you want to know what socialism looks like, look at the black community. Look at what Lyndon Bain Johnson and the Democratic Party implemented for us to be where we're at. And that should, that should let you know, okay, they use the blacks as a, a test, you know, a test dummy, but this is what they want for the entire nation. So if anything, you should be running far away from what we have experienced, yet it's all about color, so it's smoke and mirrors. Carpe diem to Bevelyn Beatty Williams. I don't know where our research assistant finds these people, but she's spectacular. And she wasn't done either. She detests Black Lives Matter and everything it stands for. Bevelyn Beatty Williams was Black Lives Matter clear about how demonic they are. I just I felt like BLM was so clear about their agenda and how demonic it was. But I felt like the church was vague and almost silent in a sense um, and, and, and trying to pacify this this political group. So I'm just like, you know what? We have individuals that look like me in the streets dying right now. And they're, they're, they're dying because they, people have bitten the bait of defunding the police. Where in certain communities, like the one I grew up in, you actually need the police. So now we're paying dire consequences for BLM's propaganda. So I'm like, you know what? I'm done. I am going to, they want to be so uh, I'll say graphic and so vulgar and put BLM right in front of on Fifth Avenue, right in front of Trump Tower. They knew what they were doing. And I'm like, they're, they're utilizing my color to push their communist agenda. So no, I'm going to be the black woman is going to get up and stand up and now counter that. Not only did she not, but she painted over the de Blasio Al Sharpton defacing of Fifth Avenue in front of Trump Tower. She painted over the Black Lives Matter bullshit that was written and painted in big black letters and numbers by de Blasio and Al Sharpton. Two misguided racists, if ever there were two of them. But again, she wasn't done either. She wants liberals, and she knows where do liberals go to find out the information and the agenda of Black Lives Matter? Is it secret? I mean, you went on their website, and they told you straight up who they were. Uh, and this is before I even knew that the founding women were witches and lesbians. I didn't even know that part. But you go on their website and they're telling you they're against the nuclear family and they want, you know, LGBTQ rights and they want all of this stuff. And it's just like, wait a minute, they want their abortions on demand, free. I'm like, wait a minute. 
where where does the black narrative fit in when we know uh, right now, black babies are being more aborted than born in New York alone, right? We know that fatherlessness is one of the biggest issues in the black community, but yet they're against the nuclear family. And we also know we're not going to surrender to no LGBTQ cause. I mean, especially the black community, we were never supposed to be for that. Unfortunately, we had a president, Barack, who ushered that in using his color. But prior to that, black people were not for that. Carpe quadruple diem, Bevelyn Beatty Williams. Man, does she hit it out of the ballpark. On every single issue. Black didn't die for me on the cross. Jesus did. I love it. I love it when a smart person speaks out. It's rare. You got to have courage in this day and age. As opposed to Sonny Houston, 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 this single-digit IQ woman, who claims that she's black, but she's a mulatto as well. But rather than point out all of the positive things that Bevelyn Beatty Williams described when it comes to realizing what these people are, and I, I consider that a positive, Houston Houston thinks the Queen of England and England itself should be Paying reparations to people like Sonny Houston Houston. Sonny, can we mourn the queen? I think, though, we can mourn the queen and not the empire. Yeah. Because sure. if you really think about what the monarchy um, was built on, it was built on the backs of black and brown people. She wore a crown with pillaged stones from India and Africa. And now what you're seeing, at least in the black communities that I'm a part of, um, they want reparations. <laughs> reparations for what? The queen's crown? Pillage diamonds. What do you know about it? So the diamonds may have come from Africa, and even if they did, who cares? I don't care. Somehow that means England owes you money? Really? These demented demons, which is what they are, will find any way to have you pay them for nothing. And if it means calling you a racist, they'll do that every day of the week. But they want something for free. And so does Christine Amanpour, this clown who's been around way too long over at CNN. So Christine Amanpour was the wealth of England what caused this? The wealth of this empire was derived on the back of the people of, the, of, of, of their empire. There is the generation of multicultural and diverse Britons who want this answered, who want to see their monarch finally talk about what it means and what, you know, p potentially the idea of reparations. What English people want that to happen? I don't know any, and she doesn't either. She's just a liar. A lot of multicultural English people want reparations. Whoever spoke that word first should be taken out and executed. Reparations. <laughs> the very idea of reparations is disgusting. It's sickening. It's another group of people who want something for nothing. And they want you to give it to them. You didn't do anything wrong, did you? You own slaves, do you? They think slavery demands reparations from you. 
for me. And now apparently Amanpour and Houston Houston are in the same boat, which is a very dangerous boat. And that England should pay reparations. To whom? Africans? Who you want to pay reparations to? You got your greedy little handout? Reparations. That is worse than the F word, in my opinion. It's sickening. You freaking do-nothing losers all want to be given something for nothing. Get off your lame, lazy asses and go out and earn something. Otherwise, shut up. We're sick of hearing your candy-ass, crybaby, whining liberal crap, which is what liberals do. I would just substitute Hildy's description of the gutsy woman Pelosi getting up every day, putting on those high heels of hers and her suit, suiting up. I would dispute that and say that all she wants to do is go out and get more for doing nothing. And she'll pander to the lowest common denominator of a group in order to do it. That's how liberals do. It is amazing, but it's what they do. It's how they operate. And then we have a woman who's a mulatto in the vice president's chair who continually refuses to go to the southern border in Texas where all the crossings are taking place to view the illegality of the illegal aliens committing crimes every day Every hour of every day. And and no, of course, media person like Chuck Todd, who sat down with her and interviewed her, ever asks her about that or would ask a simple question. Why is it okay for an illegal alien to come into the country unvaccinated but not Novak Djokovic? Can you explain that to us? Now, that's a real question that demands answers, but no one will ever ask it. Why doesn't Peter Ducey ask her that? Well, he never gets an audience with her. Because she only goes where she'll get softballs tossed her way. He did ask the little black lesbian, Jean-Pierre, but of course she shot it down. She didn't quite understand the question because she's an illiterate. But now Harris continues to promulgate the lie of that idiot Director of Homeland Security, Mayorkas. And Harris claims, well, do we have a secure border? We have a secure border in that that is a priority for any nation, including ours and our administration. (laughs) First of all, I don't even know what that meant. Let's hear it again, see if you can decipher it. We have a secure border. In that that is a priority for any nation, including ours and our administration. So if your priority, which theirs isn't, but if your priority were to have a secure border in her mind, that demented mind that you just heard, that means you have a secure border. So I guess if I follow that logic, if I want to win the lottery, that means I won the lottery. Right? Isn't that what she said? We have a secure border in the sense that if it's a priority for any country, then you have a secure border, and it certainly is for our administration. How is it a priority? 
What have you done? Not a thing. There are citizens of this country who've been to the border more than Biden, Harris, Pelosi, Nadler, Schiff, Schumer combined. Just everyday citizens. But if it's a priority, it's done. Well, maybe you should make inflation a priority then because then inflation would be over, right? Maybe you should make the economy a priority because then we'd have a roaring economy. How about energy independence? Would you make that a priority? That means we have energy independence. No, the only way to get that is to bring Trump back. But not in her demented mind. If we simply make it a priority, then it's done. She's a magician. I can see it on Netflix. Magic with Heels Up Harris. Brought to you by Barry Hussein Obama. And his wife slash husband. Are they that stupid? And Jonathan Fahey thinks they really are. He's the former DHS assistant deputy. <laughs> I mean, is it always the games that these people play? It's always the same game. You know, the, the way the Democratic Party and this administration has dealt with the illegal immigration issue is just simply calling people names, lying, and trying to censor people. And, yeah, of course, it's the same thing. And it really highlights this administration should actually start doing something about this and taking this issue seriously. People are tired of the games. And that, that the uh, clip you pay from the vice president is such a joke and everyone knows it. it's it's one of these things like what's the point of lying when no when there's no chance that anyone will believe you it's just so bizarre in so many ways it's so true why would you tell that lie you know that no one believes you not even that candy ass chuck todd who's sitting there on his hands and when you said something that laughable doesn't even follow up with how can you say that but Chuck Todd is nothing but a Democratic water carrier, bucket carrier. That's all he is. He's an embarrassment. It's a simple follow-up question to a lie like that. That's a bold-faced lie. You call that a lie in every language in the world. And I think Jonathan Faye is definitely correct. Why tell that lie when no one believes it? There's not a chance anyone believes it. It's pretty amazing. Now, you got to hear this one pretty closely because Biden was talking, but the mic wasn't right next to him. But I wonder what Biden thinks of anyone who calls for political violence because Biden, Obama, all of them, Pelosi, all of them have called for political violence. So, Biden, what do you think of anyone who calls for political violence? I do think anyone who calls for so the guy who doesn't want any political violence and those who do are a threat to democracy and anyone who complains about an election as perhaps not being fairly run 
is a threat to democracy. Now, let's just say that all of those things are true. They're not, but let's just say that they are. Of course, he's claiming that's Republicans. My question to Joe would be, were you referring to your vice president and these other people, these liberals in your own caucus, when you said, we can't call for political violence and we can't complain about elections being rigged and elections not being final, they're a threat to democracy. Are these people? They're not going to let up, and they should not, and we should not. I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country, and maybe there will be. You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there's unrest in our lives. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd, and you push back on them, and you tell them they're not welcome. Imagine that not one, not one Democrat anywhere, not one person in liberal media at any time has condemned that speech from Maxine Mother Jefferson Waters. Not one. Did you ever think you'd hear a U.S. Congresswoman speak like that? about cabinet members? She wants you, she's advocating that you are violent to cabinet members and make sure you tell them they're not welcome anywhere, anytime, so they need to leave the country. Cabinet members of Donald Trump, in her mind, need to leave the country because they're not welcome anywhere at any time, and you get in their face and you push back. But Biden just said that people that advocate political violence are a threat to democracy. You just heard every one of those people, including his own vice president, advocate violence, political violence. Pelosi did. Every one of them did. But where's Biden? So I guess he wasn't talking about them. Huh. Well, maybe he means these people when he talked about those who can't accept election results and try to change the electoral college uh, and the way we vote, they're a threat to democracy. Was it these people, Joe? I believe he knows he's an illegitimate president. The president is an illegitimate racist occupying the White House. I do think that he knows uh, that uh, he's an illegitimate president. Mm. So do you believe President Trump is an illegitimate president? Based on what I just said, which I can't retract. (laughs) You can run the best campaign. You can even become the nominee. And you can have the election stolen from you. The Russian attempt to to have the election, and frankly the FBI's uh, weighing in on the election, I think makes his election illegitimate. I don't see this president-elect as a legitimate president. I guess he meant those people. When he said that if you're not going to accept election results, you're a threat to democracy. I'm assuming he was talking about those very people from his own party, his own caucus. I can only imagine that's who he's talking about. Now, I promised you earlier when Heels Up Harris was talking about how women should have the right to make decisions about their own body. She didn't think that way when her boss was running around 
and other people as well, media people, telling the unvaxxed just how pathetic of a person you are. So, Biden, have you been patient and fair to the unvaccinated, you and your liberal friends? We've been patient, but our patience is wearing thin, and your refusal has cost all of us. People who are incubators for every variant to come, walking around lawfully unvaccinated? That's psychotic. For the unvaccinated, you're looking at a winter of severe illness and death. For yourselves, your families, and the hospitals you may soon overwhelm. About this, in a world of threats and tyrants and terror, you know what our biggest enemy is in America? Our fellow Americans. Because they are the ones that are propagating this outbreak. Being frustrated that there is still a percentage of the population are, who are not vaccinated. I wish that he would go further to restrict the activities of the unvaccinated. Vaccinated person having a heart attack? Yes, come right on in. We'll take care of you. Unvaccinated guy who gobbled horse goo? Rest in peace, Wheezy. You're... That 25% can cause a lot of damage, and they are. If you're willing to walk among us unvaccinated, you are an enemy. Well, you know, it's my rights. Okay. (laughs) But I don't care. Pandemic of the unvaccinated. The only pandemic we have is among the unvaccinated. And and they're they're killing people. Freedom not to follow the facts. Even if your freedom kills people? What kind of freedom is that? What kind of freedom do they really want? We have a pandemic because the unvaccinated, and there's only enormous confusion. The unvaccinated overcrowd our hospitals, are overrunning emergency rooms and intensive care units, leaving no room for someone with a heart attack or pancreatitis or cancer. Shouldn't they have to pay more into the system because they are collapsing our health system? They're the ones in the ERs. Require vaccination universally. Have the military run it. If you don't want to get vaccinated, you better be ready to prove your conscientious objector status in court. Almost like it's going to be two Americas. That Kramer guy from the market show that he does on MSNBC Needs to, you know, he does need to be silenced. He might be the only person. He's an imbecile. You being unvaccinated and being allowed to walk among us is psychotic. You need to prove your conscientious, conscientious objector status. You need to prove that you have a functioning brain. How about that? Fauci says it's almost like there's two Americas. There are two Americas, asshat. That's why we here on this show are in favor of secession. Been in favor of it for a long time. I don't even want to have a civil war anymore and beat these people in submission. I don't want them around. I don't want them part of what we do. Because they'll never, ever be on board with the United States of America and what we were founded on. Ever. You can't change them. They're unchangeable. And that group of clips proves it. Proves it. Biden says there's no room for heart attack patients or cancer patients. Was there even one story that came out of a, an admittedly liberal media that would love to have had a story like that to cover? But was there one? Even one? No, there wasn't. Not one person suffered a heart attack and couldn't get emergency room care. 
Not one person who has cancer couldn't go to the cancer hospital for their treatments. Not one. But Biden said it happened all the time. Kills people. Not one unvaccinated person did anything more or less than a vaccinated person to transmit COVID. Not one. Not one. Now, Jimmy Kimmel says those of you who want to eat horse poop, he was referring to ivermectin because he's too illiterate to understand that there's two versions of ivermectin. One is for animals and one is for humans, but he's not smart enough to understand that. He says... If you're unvaccinated, you can't get emergency room care. Get out of here. Go die, he said. Go die. Wow. And if you walk among us, basically you should die. The one person wants to restrict activity among unvaccinated people. You Nazi? Nazi winch. And somehow we're propagating an outbreak. We found out, of course, what a lie that was. We're causing severe illness and death, the one guy said. We, We didn't cause one person to become severely ill, and we didn't cause one person to die. But we've lived with that kind of bullshit for the last two years. But this is the party of the people who really want to make America great. No, it's not. These people are socialist, communist, bastard Nazis. That's what they are. They're interested in two things and two things alone, power and greed. And then perhaps a third thing, making you succumb to the power and greed that they have. And if you don't, you can get lost. You just heard them say that. All the punishments that those people wanted to hand out to people who are unvaccinated. And then Heels of Paris having the utter gall to say, these poor women who want to murder their babies now have to go to a state that allows baby murders. Aw. Poor things. John Tester is a Democrat senator from Montana. And because Biden is getting his brains beat in over the comments he made, a week or so ago about MAGA, super MAGA Republicans, John Tester decided he'd try to answer it and try to convince people like Harris did with a lie that's so utterly unbelievable that it's not even worth telling. John Tester, where do you live and what are Trump supporters there doing? Well, look, I I live in north central Montana. Many of my neighbors, many of my friends, maybe many of my relatives are supporters of the former president. Uh, I can also tell you that they're not extremists. They just believe in the policies that the president had. But I don't think those are the people that the president is talking about. I think he's talking about the people that actually do support the president, that think violence is a, is a, is a way to solve uh, problems, and it's not. And I think all you have to look back is look back as far as January 6th and see what happened there where folks came to Washington, D.C., brought here by the president that ended up in a really, really bad situation. They can't help themselves. If you say to them, what's the weather going to be like today? They'll say, well, if you go back to January 6th, the weather was a little cold and cloudy. 
everything they say has to return to January 6th as if it, they want to make it into something it was not. It was, as Jack Del Rio, the defensive coordinator for the Washington Redskins, said, a dust-up. But they don't want to talk about the summer of peace and love, 2020, where people actually were murdered. Well, Ashley Babbitt was murdered, and so was another uh, supporter of Trump's by the Capitol Police, but no one wants to hear about that, so they won't mention it. But they conveniently always talk about January 6th, and as I've said many times, those who broke windows to get in, damaged property once they were in, should be cited for that, pay their fines, and go home. That's it. Nothing else should have ever come of this, but the liberals always see anything as a made-for-TV movie, and that movie is to make them look good and the Demo- and the Republicans look bad. Now, of course, John Tester's full of shit. Uh, none of that was orchestrated, except by the FBI, perhaps. But even the FBI has issued reports saying nothing was planned, except for their agents. They were not only planned and planted. But John Tester says no to that, of course, because he knows better. And they continually talk about these MAGA Republicans or deplorables. And for the most part, those the, the people they're referring to, not only Trump supporters, Tester, of course, who claims there's just a few of these MAGA Republicans. How about 75 million? That's more than a few. But they make it sound as though all these people from rural areas or small towns are the MAGA Republican deplorables. I would prefer to know people from small-town America more than them any day of the year. Would you rather know someone from a farm in southern Missouri or an elite pig from New York? Who would you rather discuss life with? How about the people of Gander, Newfoundland? When 9-11 struck in 2001 and all of the commercial planes in the sky were ordered grounded Over 20 of them were directed to the Gander Airport. Many of the people on those planes didn't even know where they were. Fox News had a documentary about it last night in the people of Gander. Those are the kind of people I want to know. 9,400 citizens in Gander. They had 7,000 passengers that they had to deal with in a snap of the fingers. As one elderly lady said, When I heard they were landing here, I was thanking God that they were coming to Gander. She said, not that other places wouldn't take care of them, but I knew how we would take care of them. These passengers were saying how they were immediately, immediately, as soon as they they walked into an auditorium or a school, food was there for them. The people of Gander, the message went out, that these planes were being directed there, and they all started cooking. All of their people. 9,000 people took care of 7,000 people and fed them and told them, don't worry about it. It's on us. Then brought, spontaneously, brought sleeping bags, blow-up mattress beds for these people to sleep on. Brought supplies. Those are the kind of people that Hillary Clinton and Joe Wuhan Willie O'Biden hate. 
They hate those kind of people. They detest their very existence. And as one person from Gander said, on day one, we had met 7,000 strangers. By day three, we had 7,000 new friends. By day five, we lost 7,000 family members when they all got on their planes and left. Just a small town doing what they could do. But the Democrats hate those kind of people. You deplorables. They hate anyone that does good to their fellow man. Do you think Nancy Pelosi would have gone out of her way to help anybody? Well, she had a chance, but she didn't do it. Biden? How about Cher? Did she invite any people that were displaced into her mansion? For that matter, has she had any of these illegal aliens come live with her? Of course not. None of them do. Brad Pitt, how about you? You're from a small Missouri town. But of course, you've become a psychotic liberal. But I'll give him credit for this. He keeps his mouth shut. He knows where his bread's buttered. I saw where the movie industry had its worst year ever. And it's going to keep getting worse. There are people who just won't go see movies anymore. And this constant attack on Trump never ceases. Mark Levin, is there a constant war on Donald Trump? This constant war on Donald Trump is a red flag to all of us. To all of us. Donald Trump is a billionaire. Donald Trump was president of the United States. He may run again. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So all of a sudden now we're in a paper fight. Before it was January 6th. Before that, it was a call to Ukraine. Before that, it was the emoluments clause. Before that, it was his taxes. Before that, it's always a before that and an after that. Because he's the most victimized individual in the country. Why? Because they're setting an example for you, Mr. and Mrs. Average American. They want you to understand that it is a fool's errand to resist. You accept their language. You accept what they're doing to the country. You accept their electoral results. You accept their court decisions, even though they accept none of that, should they lose. Couldn't agree more. Every single word was spot on. And why? Why this constant attack on Trump? Constant war against him. He's right. Because he's the example that they're telling you. He's a billionaire. We're going to do it to him. Don't think we won't come after you. And they will. And it'll be 10 times worse. You won't have the money to pay lawyers to fight them off. You won't have the money to pay IRS lawyers, tax lawyers, to fight off the IRS. You just cave in and take a loan out and pay the fine. And they're so pathetic, they're so psychotic, literally psychotic, that while you heard Biden claim, these Republicans who want to change the election laws... This Jamie Raskin freak, who apparently was a student of Alan Dershowitz at Harvard but skipped constitutional law, claims that now Trump, because of Trump, the Constitution is no longer worth anything. Are we going to need changes on our legislative ideas, Jamie Raskin? 
obviously we're going to need some legislative changes um, to the criminal code to account for now the possibility of presidents just taking uh, a headlong rush at uh, seizing the presidency. Um, but there are federal statutes out there that will do the job. We, of course, have seditious conspiracy and we have conspiracy to interfere with a federal proceeding, which I think everybody can agree yes. uh, took place here. After all, the whole chant was stop the steal and they bum rushed the Capitol. They assaulted federal officers all in order to interfere with the federal proceeding. Everybody agrees that's exactly what took place. And it didn't happen by accident. And it wasn't spontaneous, even if it were spontaneous. Of course, um, there were people who agreed to go yeah. in together and do it. But this thing was planned. We have to look at the way that the electoral uh, system itself is vulnerable to yep. strategic bad faith actors like Donald Trump. The Electoral College is an accident waiting to happen, and we have to deal with that at some point in American history. <laughs> How about the guy that was interviewing him? Yep. 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 You nodding bobblehead. How about when Raskin and people like him, they always say, everybody can agree. Everybody will agree that that's what happened. No one agrees with you, except people like you. You're sitting there having the balls to call the people that protested an illegal election, and even if it wasn't illegal, it's their constitutional right to protest it. When you yourself, you, Jamie Raskin, refuse to accept the electoral votes in the 2016 election for your state, you refused, you objected, which is your right. I don't fault you for objecting. Go ahead, have at it. But how dare you, when someone else does it against your chosen candidate, you call them everything in the book? You punk. He's nothing but a little punk. As the rest of them are like Buttigieg, Buttigieg, this moron. Hey, Mayor Pete, is it interesting to see how states like California keep failing with their energy policies? It's interesting to see how the states are trying to go above and beyond what we're doing at the federal level. And uh, I'm, I'm really interested to follow these developments while we continue to set a national policy that's the baseline for all of this. We need to move in the direction of electric vehicles, but we've got to make sure that this happens quickly enough to help us beat climate change. <laughs> Is this guy pay attention? He can't wait to follow what happens in the states that are telling you you have to have electric cars. They're banning gasoline-operated cars. The only one who's done so that I know of is California. And two days later, they told their entire citizenry, don't charge your electric cars, don't use appliances, because the electric grid is bereft of power. So if Mayor Pete needs to follow what is happening in these states, because he's too stupid to know, that's what's happening. You stooge. But we need to do this fast so we can beat climate change. Oh, my God. God save us. They say God save the queen. Now they sing God save the king in England. God save the United States. Herschel Walker is running for Senate from Georgia. He paused yesterday to commemorate September 11th and had some very poetic comments about what September 11th was 
for all of us 21 years ago. You saw America come together. You saw America come together because this country was, uh, you know, it was uh, on the war with uh, a country that didn't believe in us. And right now we have uh, leaders in Washington like Joe Biden doing venomous speeches that doesn't believe in American people. He tried to separate us. And I'm running against uh, Senator Warnock, who's another one that says, you know, white people got to apologize for it. Whiteness, America got to apologize for it. Whiteness, you know, you're trying to separate people because you're looking for a vote. That's why I've been encouraging people, getting out campaigning, letting people know that we're not racist, bad people, that right now we got to come together. Right now, you were speaking about it earlier. China is our enemy. Russia is our enemy. And if we continue to separate people, uh, we're not going to be able to defend ourselves. You know, in the Bible, it says a house divided cannot stand. And I, that seemed to be what Raphael Warnock and Joe Biden want to do is separate the people. Well, I want to bring us together because we're good people. We can get things done. We can get it done together. And that's the reason I'm running. Did you ever notice how Republicans like Herschel Walker, Donald Trump, all talk about we're good people, we have a great country, we want to make it great again. It's not right now. But we want to work together. When do the liberals ever say that? Ever. Well, Biden says he's the uniter. He's not a uniter. He's a divider if ever there was one. He hates people that aren't like him. He hates black people, for instance. But people like Herschel Walker, who just want to get good things done, they don't Call America Jim Crow 2.0. In fact, Herschel Walker, a black man, is telling you that all of this racial crap is bullcrap. Which, of course, it is. And let's not forget that yesterday was not just the anniversary of the airline strikes on our country. But it was also the anniversary of Benghazi, a fact that isn't lost on Mike Pompeo. We lost four Americans that night in the same way we lost 13 Americans in Afghanistan just over a year ago. When I think about now what is the 11th anniversary of the Benghazi attacks and the, the, the need to have an America that understands that there are things worth fighting for. We don't always need to send the 82nd Airborne to defend the things that matter to us, but when we are strong and we are capable and we listen to the things that matter and we don't let our military become connected to woke issues where the most important thing is that you have tanks that don't emit carbon. Those are mistakes. These are the things that put American people at risk. I think Americans all across the country can see that as we sit here today on September 11th. We need to remember that this this country is so special that it is worth fighting for and that it is possible to achieve if we will have leaders who are prepared to actually articulate the things that bring Americans together. But they are inept. They can't. They only talk about division and racial division, which doesn't exist, but they're making it exist. They're getting blacks pissed at whites. They're getting whites pissed at blacks. That's what they live off of. Don't give it to them. And you know what I believe? I don't believe people are. I believe people that I run into are pretty typical of people around the country. White people, black people. They're not angry. I mean, I deal with black people in the public square every single day. They couldn't be nicer. And white people the same way. No, I don't see anybody looking at a black person as a second-class citizen the way they say you do. I don't see it. Now, I'm sure there are people who don't like black people and there are black people who don't like white people. They exist. They're, they're all over in little pockets of America. 
But that's the, that's the deal. Little pockets of America. Do you see a black person and dislike them because they're black? Now, when I see a thug come up to someone and punch them on the street and he happens to be black, yeah, he's a thug. It has nothing to do with the fact that he's black. He's a thug. There are white thugs who do the same thing. It has nothing to do with the fact that they're white. They're a thug. They're a punk. Raskin is a punk. He's white. No color matters to me. I don't care what color you are. If you're an ass, you're an ass. You can't escape it. It is what you are. Black or white doesn't matter. It's just unbelievable. Do you see someone of Hispanic descent and say, I hate them because they're Hispanic? Do you? I don't know anybody who does. I I just don't. But when I see a black activist, communist, white person hating person like Raphael Warnock, yeah, I detest him. He's a criminal and belongs in jail. Mike Pompeo had his life threatened by the Iranian government because Biden and his gang of criminals and Obama are trying to get us back in an Iran nuclear deal. Not only did Pompeo take that personally, did you take that personally, Mr. Secretary? And what else? This is obviously personal to me as well, but it is much bigger than that. Um, They've come after other Americans here as well. Uh, Our government has not done nearly enough to protect Americans in Syria, in Iraq, and here at home as well. It's the responsibility of our government to protect the American people and to now enter this deal, right, negotiated with the Russians and the Chinese as our partners. And the Iranians now sending drones to the Russians to kill Ukrainians while we're sending money to Ukraine to defend them. I mean, this is just crazy on stilts and truly dangerous. It it undermines all the good work we did to build out Nations that said, we want peace with Israel, whether it was the Emiratis or the Bahrainis or the Sudanese. They, they understood that peace and prosperity in the Middle East was a good thing for them. And we have now undermined that by, by giving money to their adversaries. The people that want to destroy their nations are now American partners if we get back into this deal. It would be well, an enormous mistake. I pray that the administration won't do that. Well, we can pray all we want, but they're going to do it. And they're going to harm our interests elsewhere in the world. They're going to compromise our security and safety here at home which they've already done, if you don't believe that terrorists with the same mindset that took those planes into the Twin Towers and into the Pentagon on September 11, 2001, are here on our soil right now, you've got your head up your ass. If you don't believe that those people have come into this country, even though they're on FBI watch lists, they've walked right across the border. And no one knows where they are now because our FBI and our protective forces are too damned incompetent, too woke, and too liberal to give a damn. But they're here, and they're plotting their next move. They must just sit back and laugh at how easy it is to attack this country from within. It's easy. It's simple. And I can't believe another one hasn't happened. It will. And it may come from China, because Biden doesn't quite get that since he's compromised by the Chinese. But Mike Pompeo, did you guys understand the Chinese were a major enemy? 
This was an important thing that we did during our four years. We understood that the Chinese Communist Party was a threat to America from lots of dimensions, not the least of which was here at home, that they were inside the gates. And so all the work you saw, the counterintelligence and counterespionage work that you were describing, the closure of the consulate in Houston, the work that we did at the consulate in San Francisco, all aimed at protecting American jobs. The Chinese have grown their economy. The Chinese Communist Party has grown its economy on the backs of the American people for decades. And we were the first administration that said, enough. We're going to fix this. We're going to put America at the front and Americans at the front. Uh, this administration has withdrawn a lot of that work. I hope that they're actually doing things that I just can't track because it's in a clandestine setting. I hope they are continuing to understand that the Chinese Communist Party continues to want to steal our stuff. They want to undermine the way that we live. And they are putting propaganda into our news feed in ways that have the real risk of taking our republic down. We have to defend against this. It's possible to do. They're not 10 feet tall. We just have to be serious about it. That's right. We're not serious about it. And I can promise Mike Pompeo that it doesn't matter whether he doesn't know about it because it's clandestine or not. They're not doing anything. They're not doing anything to fight the Chinese. Nothing. But I promised you the Queen and the Paddington Bear, but I also wanted to make mention of this. I, I always say on this show that you can do something. Everybody can do something, no matter how little it is. And here's a, here's a good idea. Our research assistant found this. You can sign up to be a poll worker wherever you live. Go to SaveYourRepublic.org. SaveYourRepublic.org. Poll workers are needed desperately. And I'm telling you right now, Republican poll work, workers are needed even more desperately. SaveYourRepublic.org. That's where you go if you want to save your republic. And hopefully you do. But you can do your part, at least in a small way, right? Speaking of China's policy, here's Biden's Chinese policy. His family accepted $31 million from deals in China. He fails to demand COVID origins investigations about China. He fails to confront Xi on fentanyl trafficking. He canceled the China initiative. He's considered lifting all the tariffs that President Trump put on Chinese imports. He's sending China oil from America's strategic reserve. Can you believe that? And, of course, he's pushing electric vehicles and solar panels and batteries that are made in China, not here. I wonder what Detroit thinks of him. Wouldn't you think people in Detroit, when it comes time for, to vote, might think a little differently? Prior to the uh, Queen's Jubilee over in England last year, the Queen, who apparently, while most people consider her very stiff and not really charismatic or anything of that nature, she has a real sense of humor. And the Paddington Bear character sat down with the queen for tea prior to the beginning of the jubilee. Now, this was done remarkably well. The queen participated in it. There's a portion here where the Paddington Bear starts to drink the tea right from the teapot and leaves none for the queen as the butler coughs to get his attention. But it's a very touching a moment when the queen reveals what she carries in her purse. People in England and all over the world have always wondered, what does she carry in her purse? And she reveals it to the Paddington Bear. Thank you for having me. I do hope you're having a lovely jubilee. Tea? Oh, yes, please. (laughs) 
Never mind. Perhaps you would like a marmalade sandwich. I always eat one for emergencies. So do I. I keep mine in here. Oh. For later. He's about to start, your majesty. Happy Jubilee, man. And thank you for everything. That's very kind. How well done was that? In her, in her purse was her marmalade sandwich <laughs> for later. Classic stuff. We're not going to give you 24-7 coverage on our show of the Queen's funeral and all the pomp and circumstance that go with it. Uh, But apparently Biden is going to attend the funeral. I bet my life that Obama tries to squeeze an invitation, even though they're saying only current heads of state and their spouses are invited. Watch Obama try to squeeze an invitation. That would be my guess. Our good friends at Taco Bell have a dollar crave menu going on right now for breakfast, lunch, dinner, late night. It's all day. Same for their $5 crave menu. You can grab yourself a grilled breakfast burrito with bacon bits for a buck off that dollar crave menu. Double stuffed tacos are a dollar. So is the grande burrito. They have a breakfast quesadilla that's under two bucks. They have triple double crunch wraps with two tacos and a soft drink in a box for five bucks. AM Crunch Wraps, they have two different kinds, both under $3. Grande Scrambler's under $3, too. I always tell you to look for the new items on the menu at Taco Bell, and that would include the Mexican pizza that they brought back and the double steak grilled cheese burrito. They brought that back as well. But they're always changing and innovating on their menu. They keep, of course, the classics that you love and yearn for. And I believe in supporting locally owned and operated businesses, so I do. Taco Bell locations in our area in Washington, Missouri, St. Clair, Union, Jackson, Cape Girardeau, the Chesterfield Valley. In Illinois, they're in Waterloo, Decatur, Springfield, Carbondale, DuCoin, Troy, Salem, Jerseyville, and Columbia. Those are all locally owned and operated locations for Taco Bell in our area. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break, and we're coming back with more in the Window World King's Court, right after this. I'm the kid that's all the handy. I'm a Yankee doodle dandy. I'm glad I am. I love to listen to the Dixie strain. I long to see the girl I left behind me. That ain't a Josh. She's a Yankee, by gosh. Anything about a Yankee, that's all for me. Little Johnny Jones, a jockey from the USA. We'll ride the pony, Yankee Doodle, English Derby Day. Jonesy's broken records, every track and every beat. So Yankee Doodle's gonna be the boy they have to beat. Sportsmen of the British house who followed his career have offered Johnny anything to keep him over here. 
But all the money in the Bank of England couldn't pay Enough to keep young Johnny Jones away from old Broadway If you want to take a jet, the surest of your things Have your houses mortgaged, hock your watches, pawn your rings And put it all on Yankee Doodle, Johnny Jones is up I'm gonna give America the English Derby Cup He's gonna give America the English Derby Cup I'm a Yankee Doodle dandy Yankee Doodle do or die A real live nephew of my Uncle Sam Born on the 4th of July I've got a Yankee Doodle sweetheart She's my Yankee Doodle joy Yankee Doodle came to London just to ride the ponies I am that Yankee Doodle boy He's a Yankee Doodle back in Kevin Slayton on this Monday morning the day the liberals created we welcome you in with our phone lines available to you 636-538-0746-538-0746 any of our topics are open for discussion we and we alone in this town welcome your calls because we're not afraid that you might know something we don't know in fact we would love to learn something that we don't know so feel free, if you disagree or if you have differing opinions of what we've discussed, please feel free to call in and join the conversation. 636-538-0746. We will uh, keep an eye on the goings-on with the Trump Mar-a-Lago raid. The Department of Justice has given its... I think two candidates for the special master. Now we'll see what the judge does. I don't know if Trump's side has come up with two yet or not. The judge in the Trump lawsuit against Hillary Clinton has dismissed the case. 
you knew that was coming. And I really think that Donald Trump filed that lawsuit anyway just to bring attention to it, to continue to keep attention focused on what a criminal she actually is and what a pathological liar she actually is. You know, we've never seen crime families in this country other than the mafia until the Clintons came along and then the Bushes and then the Obamas and now the Bidens. Since Clinton got in office, we've had crime families running this country one right after the other. With the exception of Trump. Isn't it odd the guy that they continue to pound away at with a constant war is the one clean president we've had since the 90s. It's pretty amazing. And he's even cleaner than that. He's so clean that despite every asset the United States government has to try to bring a person down in this country, and they are legendary, they can't get him. As Mark Levin pointed out, they can't get him on taxes. They can't get him on anything. And they're not going to get him on anything now, but they want to continue to try to tarnish his reputation. It's not going to work. They're going to fail again. And when they fail again, they'll no doubt try to leave the impression that somehow, though Trump's guilty of something, the judges just won't do what they want him to do. And find him guilty of anything. Now, I still believe they're going to indict him because you can indict anybody for anything. It doesn't have to be true. And that would be their final salvo at trying to harm his reputation. It's not going to work. I'm not even sure if Trump wants to run at this point. You would think he would. But I don't care who you are after a while. Wouldn't this wear on you? It does on me, and I'm not him. I mean, how difficult would that be to put up with that every day? I don't know if you saw in California where a woman was beheaded, 25-year-old, on the street right outside her home. Wow. It was done in front of witnesses. Ungodly. And now, of course, the guy's been arrested. But now we have to wonder what kind of sentence he'll get after being found guilty. That should be interesting. Cleo is up first. Good morning, Cleo. How are you today? Good. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great. Listen, I didn't hear the first hour of your show. I, I hope you touched on the FBI raid and all the Trump supporters here in the last couple of days. Well, we didn't talk specifically about that. But that was done in conjunction with Biden's deriding uh, MAGA people. There's no question about that. At the same time, it yeah. was a concerted effort. Yeah, and we talked a lot about that in the first hour. But it was um, – and we played the the clips that we put together – when Biden said that he, against the Republicans, of course, who advocate political violence and that if they contest elections, they're a threat to democracy. And we played the clips of all of the Democrats, including his vice president, who've uh, advocated political violence. 
who won't accept election results. I mean, he's laughable. He's a cartoon. The guy is literally a cartoon. And so well, is, so is the FBI. Yeah, so the FBI. The, the FBI did this. I mean, this is terrible what they're going after Trump supporters. It, it's just Joseph Goebbels. They make Joseph Goebbels look like Minnie Mouse. <laughs> well, you're right. He's a minor actor. You are right. You're exactly this, right. This is a police state, ladies and gentlemen, out there. This, this was a sad, sad day Friday when this, this news came about. Yeah, and, and it's got no play on the media except for Fox a little bit. And if you don't believe we live in a police state, go ahead and try to take on any of these people, these liberals, in anything, and you'll find out what a police state you're in. And, man, if the FBI's got their sights on you or soon to come the IRS, you can fold the tent. Yeah, that's that's a fact. It's a sad day. And I got another development in my unfortunate life. I'm 73 years old, Kevin, and four times I've been tried to rob. I've had robbery attempts on me personally. I just had one last week in Midtown in a gas station on Jefferson and Market. Good grief. Some clown pulled next to me and changed lanes as I was. I had to get gas. I was out, about out of gas. He, he had a ghetto blaster. You couldn't see through his windows. He pulls on the pump on the other side of me, leering at me. He doesn't get out of his car. He's waiting for me to get out of my car. He's either going to rob me or take take my car. Wow. So, so I pulled at the opposite pump way on the other end of the lot, and he sped away immediately. Obviously, he wasn't there trying to get gas. He was after my ass. Yeah, he was. he was there trying to get something, but it wasn't gas. I mean, I've lived a long life as a black fella here, but four times I've been approached by young blacks trying to rob me. Two times I've flight, I've flown away from him. Two times I, 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 I dared him with, with my rough eye. Mm. They left me. Good for that rough eye, baby. I mean, it's 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 a crime wave, Kevin, and and I'm convinced now I'm going to do what my brother does. I'm going to do a conceal and carry. I've had it. I agree with you. Uh, I, I used to never want a weapon in my house uh, when my son was living with me. I just didn't want an accident happening. And um, now you almost have to because these people are everywhere and they're brazen and they know they have no consequences if they commit a crime on you. It doesn't matter. Even if you catch them, it won't matter. They'll be out tomorrow to take another victim. Yeah, evidently, yeah, they know that. They're smart enough to realize that. And evidently, this is a new habit-forming thing to do, is go after people left and right. Yeah. And, you know, our research assistant just sent me a note from Lara Logan. She said, it's about breaking your will to fight. They need you to surrender. They need you to give up because there's too many of us. We outnumber them, and if we don't give up and don't submit, they have no chance. They just don't want us to know it. And those words are completely true. And what you're talking about is, is exactly what they're doing. They want you to quit. They want you to give up. They want you to throw in the towel. And there are, like I said earlier, you weren't listening, Cleo, but I said earlier today, it's so obvious how they want to divide us on racial lines. I said they want blacks to hate whites and whites to hate blacks. And I said, and it's not working because, you know, as I said, in my sphere of people that I encounter regularly, I encounter many blacks, many Hispanics. I don't see anyone... um disliking or even looking down on another person because of their skin color. I don't see it. 
I don't see it happen. I know there are racists in this country, and it does happen in certain areas. Bless you, my son. I had Bless to sneeze, you, excuse me. But for the most part, that doesn't even exist. But they want it to exist, and they want you to feel that way. They want there to be hatred between the races, and it doesn't exist, and they can't stand that. Yeah, you think this? You, they, they try to make it like it's 1955. It ain't 1955 anymore. No, and I, I take my granddaughter into the grocery store, and the black uh, guy who's a manager there, he's friendlier and kinder to her than any white person that comes along. That's nothing against white people, obviously. But uh, th- my point is, he doesn't care that we're white. He couldn't care less. And they don't like that. They want him to shun us because we're white. They want me to shun him because he's black. That's what they want. It's terrible. And I'll finish with this one issue. I happened to be listening to 590, the sports station the other day. Charlie Tuna Edwards and that Moses Gunn was on there. And everything was supposed to be about football. Everything was about race. You know, Moses Gunn jumping up and down. There's 11 blacks on defense. It's a happy day. I guess he'd be happy if the kicker and the, and the extra point punter would black, huh? I guarantee he would be. It's like I said yesterday, and I said this earlier in the show today when we started off. I'm sitting there. I wanted to watch Brady play last night. Instead, I get to see on the back of the punter's helmet the words end racism. And I I noted, and I posted on social media, I said, let me think. The head referee was black. Uh, Mm -hmm. One of the head coaches was black. A starting quarterback was black. Probably 20 of the 22 players on defense were black. Probably 15 to 20 of the players on offense were black. Many of the assistant coaches are black, and this guy's got end racism on his helmet. I mean, these people it, are laughable. They're, this is this woke, white, little nerdy punter. It's it ridiculous. And, and in the commercials, Kevin, three out of four people in the commercials are black. You know? yeah, that's exactly right. You're exactly right. It's constant. It's nonstop. And then they say end racism. I wanted to take that punter and beat the holy tar out of him. <laughs> I really did. What a little wussy, white, woke asshat he is. Good grief. Well, well, Kevin, I just want to tell everybody out there in, in podcast land to, to watch your back because people are going to rob you. They're after you, man. Well, you're right. They are. And, you know, here's what I'd say about that punter. White people like him think if they, you know, bow down like asshats, to the woke crowd, that if one of those thugs on the street that tried to rob you or that punched people in the mouth and knock them out in New York, if one of them encounters him, they'll leave him alone because he had end racism on his helmet. That's what white people think. That's how these dumbass white people think. They think, well, wait a minute. I was never, I never didn't like a black person, so leave me alone. And I hope, I, I shouldn't say I hope they get robbed, but I hope they're the victims rather than uh, other good people. These these white, woke asshats make me vomit. Yeah, they're a bunch of twinks. They really are. They're just cowards. End racism. Shove it up your ass. End racism. When everybody I see on that telecast is black, including, by the way, two of the three people on the set in, during the halftime show were black. Yeah. I mean. You know, I, I it should did. I don't mind if they're black or white or whatever, as long as they're the best analysts the no. best, or the best uh, commentators. Couldn't agree more. And what's weird is it didn't even occur to me the numbers of people that were black versus white until I saw that on this idiot's helmet. 
And I thought, end racism? What are you talking about? I mean, all I see in this telecast are black people. What do you mean? If there's racism that needs ending, none of those black people would have those jobs. Very, very smart comment, Kevin, as usual. That's why I listen to you. I appreciate it, Cleo. And uh, we're praying uh, that you get really well-versed in handling that weapon. Yeah, I'm going to have to start learning. <laughs> I can't I can't just rely on my Knights of Columbus sword. No, it, so a lot of times that doesn't help anymore, unless you're really good at deflecting bullets yourself. <laughs> All right. All right, Cleo, great stuff. Thank you very much. Bye, Kevin. Thank you, Cleo. We're praying for you. Thank you for the call. Yeah. All right, folks, it's amazing, isn't it? You can't even go get gas in that wonderful city of St. Louis. Well, that's going to wrap us up for today. We thank Cleo. We thank everybody for listening. We'll be back fighting a good fight again for you tomorrow morning right here, 7 o'clock Central Time on KevinSlaytonShow.com in the Window World, Kings Court. Love you, Mom. Love you, Dad. Love you, Maureen. So long, everybody. Ah.